Radio, the transmission and reception of electromagnetic waves on radio frequency, especially those carrying sound messages, or the activity or industry of broadcasting sound programs to the public. Fanboy, a male fan, especially one who behaves in an obsessive or overexcited way. This is the Radio Fanboy Podcast, and here's your host, Bevo. We're doing all right this time. We're going, I'm going over to Dubai. Uh, Lachlan Kitchen is a guy who I met many years ago at the Australian Film Television Radio School. We did a, I think it was the production course or something like that together. Uh, he's an Aussie expat. He's done various uh, radio roles in New South Wales for the Wind Network and now finds himself at Dubai 92. Well, recently at Dubai 92. There's all sorts of um, redundancies and stuff happening in the world of radio. Hello. Hello, Bevo. Lachlan. Bevo, great to catch up, and I'm sure it was the RCS Music Directors course. That's the one. I was trying to remember what it was. I did like five courses over a couple of years because I was at um, ARN, which was literally down the road from after, so I got the chance to do quite a few courses. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for jogging my memory. Who else was in that course? It was Mike Christensen as well, and, and someone else that went to Triple J. Uh, Alex Abella, I, I think he may have done it. Uh, oh, all I remember yeah. was Jared who was running the course at RCS at the time, uh, turned up really sick, uh, couldn't come in, and then someone else couldn't come in, and we invariably didn't even have a teacher for the second day. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you've got a very good memory. So, um, things are divided at the moment. It's, it's slowing down a little bit. This, this COVID thing's just, you know, killing everything off, isn't it? It's been really strange because I came over here, I got a phone call from uh, the program director of Dubai 92, probably in about February, saying, hey, do you want to come over and and work in the Middle East? And I'd been on and off with the Wind Network for about 14 years, and the timing was just about right in probably my life and my career to just have a crack at something. So, yeah, yeah, so came over probably about May, May, June last year and, and set up, but... I mean, COVID has just absolutely um, wrecked the economy here. But to, to give a lot of people uh, in the UAE, so Dubai is just one state, like one emirate of the United Arab Emirates, uh, the way people have behaved, uh, particularly with masks and lockdowns, is quite incredible because it must have been Bevo in about March or April, we went into serious or what would be considered a stage five lockdown. Wow. If you consider what Victoria is going through is stage four. So at one point, you couldn't leave the house after eight o'clock. You could only leave the house once every three days. If you did leave the house, you had a maximum of two hours. And you needed to send off a text message with your government-issued ID. And they would send back a message that if the police ever pulled you over, you could then show to give you allowance to go to the shops or the chemist or do whatever it is you had to do. And, yeah, and that's, that's insane. And we've been wearing masks just nonstop everywhere, doing everything. And now we're in a position where we're getting maybe 200 cases per day. So it does work if, if everyone you know, just sticks together and sticks by the rules. Your most recent gig, like I said, was um, Dubai 92 with George. Were you doing the breakfast show? Is that your shift? Yeah, we were doing breakfast. Breakfast over here is 6 till 10. So... Uh, that's one station as part of, I think it's nine. So it's the other ARN, which is the Arabian Radio Network. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. The funny thing is, I think the top three positions uh, at the company are run by Aussies. So everyone still jokingly calls it the Australian Radio Network over there because quite, <laughs> quite a lot of Aussies have come over. But 
Uh, Dubai 92 is one of nine stations, and you've got the Filipino station, there's a uh, Farsi station uh, for Iranians, uh, there's Bollywood station, Indian station, Arabic news, Arabic music, uh, you've got Virgin, which is an expat station, and it, it's really strange because the lineup for Dubai 92 featured all white presenters. And mm-hmm. predominantly, we're, we're talking to English expats that, that have come out from the north of the UK. And a few of my friends in radio from Australia had the radio, uh, had the Australian thing. I'm going, there's no diversity in your lineup. Look at you. You're all white. Ah. And, and I said, no, nah, you're looking at it from Australia. See, over here, we're, funnily enough, a minority in a strange way. Yep. So, yep. So, so we're just looking to focus on... Yeah, those, those Western expats. So, it, it's pretty amazing to turn up. And it, it's, if you've ever worked at SBS, I think it's a bit similar that you've got all these stations doing all these networks in different languages. I've uh, got a couple of other friends over there as well, Chris Fade and um, Jacob Cummings. He is a superstar. I've been out with him a couple of times. And for a 21-year-old, uh, the guy's a machine. He's killing it. Great guy. He's the boy wonder of uh, radio. That's uh, I think it was doing voice track shifts many years ago from Australia in Dubai. And um, now he's actually moved to Dubai and making it all happen. So is that all part of your, your network or are they, are they different uh, networks? No, he's actually part of a different network. So, so the United Arab Emirates is seven states or Emirates, really. Dubai is one Emirate. And he's based in another emirate, which is about, I think, maybe 45 minutes north. That's called Ajman. But Dubai is okay. the famous one because everyone knows, you know, with emirates and it's the airline hub uh, and the transport hub. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's about 40 minutes north at another station called Channel 4. But they still broadcast right across right across the UAE. So most stations broadcast nationally. Okay. And Chris Spade, you've uh, bumped into him a few times? Yeah. I was at, funnily enough, I was at Afters with Chris Fade about 15 years ago. And, and we did a course, a short course, and I remember one of the lecturers, I don't know who, it, whether, whether it was Jen Oldershaw or it was um, one of the guys who came in from Nova, Rabbit or someone, I don't know, but they all said to us, go out and go and work in the bush. Like, go to a country station and you'll get a bit of a feel for everything, a bit of production, a bit of writing, a bit of music, you'll do some OBs and work your way in. And every single person in the class agreed, <laughs> except for Chris. Who was at ninety six point one or the edge yeah. at that time, and he was just like, "Nah, I'm staying, mate. I'm I'm driving the cars here. I'm just going to make it from here." And uh, funnily enough, I think he was on nights and mate, and then made his way over here for Virgin and Bever. He does not get enough credit, I think, in Australian radio, for how hard he works social media and how hard he works with people and events over here he's just the hardest working guy yeah i used to work with him at the edge at um, arn and yeah he was he just loved it he just absolutely loved it we started doing little videos when he was out doing the um i think it was called the road rager which was the promotions vehicle and then um he was doing breakfast for a while and um i remember charlie fox telling him Oh, you don't you don't necessarily need to go to the uh, the country to, to make it in radio. I went to Newcastle for a, a couple of months and then you know got into Sydney radio. So I think that's where Chris got his um, his idea that he could make it pretty much from where he was. Yeah, he's a great guy, and now he's even got his own line of health food snacks over here. Fade Fit or something like that. It's called Fade Fit. He's a uh, he's a great guy. He's uh, Chris is Chris is funny and he's very. I think he, he's adapted so well to the market over here. I think that even he would know a lot of the stuff he does on air probably wouldn't resonate back in Australia. It, it's a much more American style of inspirational radio. Because you know how even if, 
even if I'd made 10 million bucks over in the UAE and you go back home, you can't say that in Australia. People are going to go, how's Dubai? And you have to say, oh yeah, it's not going too bad. Like you can't ever talk yourself up too much. And uh, Chris has learned that that's not the case here and he has worked it and he is just hats off to it. He's amazing. So let's talk about uh, your radio journey there in Dubai. I mean, um, it looked like you had a pretty good setup there. Lots of new equipment and you had the the, the multimedia angle with all the cameras and the, the backdrop in the studio and stuff. Was that quite complex to operate or did you have like a, a few producers behind the scenes cutting all that together for um, social media and stuff? Yeah, we had a genius producer uh, called, uh, genius producer called Roger who worked it. Uh, but being government, they had an arm of, of the producers and technicians who would, who would do it. But like most radio stations, it looks really good, but it would never quite work. You know how it's always just, it's just the settings aren't always quite right. But yeah, the, the setup, the, the setup was uh, was exceptional. But I think it's very, it's very much like Dubai. Uh, this is a, a country where it's always very much the sh- it's about the show and how good everything looks, and we want to have the biggest building and we want to have the biggest this and the tallest this. So that, they put a lot, a lot of effort in, into doing that. But yeah, it was it was a dream for uh, about I think about. 10, yeah, about 12, 14 months I was over here doing it and being able to to speak to an audience. And this is where it gets really hard as, as a broadcaster was that you need to be local and sound like you're in Dubai, but you've also got to be conscious that you're speaking to a lot of Northerners from the UK, uh, Filipinos, uh, Canadians, South Africans. So if you look at an Australian breakfast show, it's very easy to go, okay, well, let's talk about what happened on MasterChef last night. Let's talk about The Bachelor. And I've got an anecdote about how one of my kids uh, vomited in the back of the car or something. Um, You can't talk about that. Everything, if you want to talk about a show back home, you've got to spend the first half of your break explaining what the show is and and the way it relates to your audience. You know, I was watching the Australian version of MasterChef last night, and they have two English chefs that are on there. So so it it challenges the way you work uh, because you have to, you you have to, every talk break is like you're on a first date all the time and and take the audience through those steps. Yeah, that's really interesting. So let's talk about your um, co-host, George. Well, Georgina is her name, and it's just the nickname. Her nickname's George. Oh, See? Okay, got, got it. it. So she's yeah. really experienced. So she spent a lot of time in uh, British, is it, I think it's British Special Forces Radio. Is it BSPF? So, it, so it's where they follow the, uh, wherever the military base is for the UK around, and will set up a radio station. She'd she'd had a lot of experience being in Cyprus, being in a lot of places. Uh, Most recently, she'd been in Oman. That's the neighbouring country uh, to the UAE. You can drive to the capital in about four or five hours. And she had a lot of experience in the Middle East. And, yeah, she came on board. It was really good to have someone who knew a lot about the local customs and how things worked. And, yeah, to to always have that, that dichotomy of, of playing up to Australian cultural stereotypes and English cultural stereotypes and, and, and making that work. It must be such an eye-opener just going to another country and speaking to uh, a totally different culture and, and so eclectic too by the sounds of it. You're talking about your, your people from the UK, your Filipinos, and then obviously the um, the Arabs, which are the locals. It, it must just do your head in sometimes. Yeah, like it you can. You just have like this little mental explosion just trying to um, get into their heads. It can, and it's really hard when, when it came down to to promotions and the way clients have a different expectation of radio. I don't think in Australia we really um, accept how advanced we are because we've had commercial radio for 80, 90 years. Our promotions and our ideas have become really quite, they've evolved over time. And a lot of countries 
haven't had that. They've only had commercial radio for 20, 30 years. So the audience and advertisers have a different understanding of, of what to expect. So the, the, the advertisers here are still very much concentrated on, you know, if we're selling, um, we're promoting Bevo's aftershave, uh, the promotion that we have to run somehow or other has to revolve around Bevo or B or what do you like? It, it has to be tailored. And I think in Australia, we, we've more gone down the path of um, the client isn't always right. What's right for the client is right. I mean, I guess COVID might have changed that a little bit, but we knew an understanding of let's do a great promotion that'll bring in audience and then maybe that advertiser will happily have their brand attached to it. Here, it's still very much focused on whatever the client wants and, uh, you know, and they can get their name in the promotion to try and make it sell. Wow. It's just doing my head in. It's, it's a total new experience. The new experience, one of the things that surprised me was for all of like the nine stations, they might only have two newsreaders in the news centre. So they'll pre-record the news bulletins for each of the stations and there's not a lot of live broadcasting without giving the secrets away. So if, so if a, an announcer has voice tracked or has left, the news reader goes into the studio and opens RCS and drags in the news and segs it for like three or four different stations. Yeah, right. Isn't that amazing? The, like, the, the way radio has changed and the automation and how it all works. There's, there's a lot less staff than back in the 90s when, you know, it was all very manual and hands-on with carts and CDs and reel-to-reels and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just become a, a much more visual medium. I mean, how many times have you thought about where you're in a, you're in a meeting with a client and you know, if a sales rep's trying to pitch a new station or a promotion in the meeting, they'll open Instagram for the show and look at the videos and think in three seconds, yeah, they look cool. I'll sponsor them. It's uh, for old dinosaurs like us, Bevo. We've got to learn to be a bit more agile <laughs> and, uh, you know, a, a bit more understanding of the evolution of the process. Let's uh, just wind the clock back a little bit to your time as uh, you're, I think you were the content director when you worked at the uh, the Wind Network. I was, yeah, I was, I was uh, assistant PD for... They're two stations for about six years, for I-98 Wollongong and then C91.3 in Campbelltown. And then I did spend two years as, as the PD there for I-98. And how was that? For someone that's it's quite relatively new to radio and then all of a sudden you're in, in this um, senior management role, was it, was it quite a, you know, sink or swim scenario? Yeah, definitely. I think that what I learned, I learned a lot about myself during that time because I... I, I like about the negotiation process and how I got the job and what happened. And I was still trying to do mornings and be the PD. And I, I think that was probably that was probably a bit too much work. But we're also going through a really strange time then with the Wind Network. This was, what, 2015, I think, where they were still had quite a huge ownership in the Nine Network. And at that time, it seems like an age ago, five years ago, there were all these arguments about whether Channel 9 should be able to stream across the country and into the regional areas where Wynn worked. So I did spend a bit of time actually lobbying, you know, in Canberra uh, alongside, you know, different politicians and, and different regional media outlets. And so I was able to learn that side of the business just as much as I was able to ascertain, you know, what it was like being a PD. Because Wynn is privately owned people underestimate how, how huge this company is uh, even though it's only got two radio stations um, they own 15 percent of the nine network 
So that's that's 2GB and the Sydney Morning Herald and the whole thing, and they own the St George Illawarra Dragons, and um, and the owners, the Gordon family, are all absolute media geniuses. And yeah, it was a great learning experience to be around those people and, and get a bit of an insight to how that all works. Yeah, nice location too, because uh, are you originally from Sydney yourself? Yeah, originally from Sydney. So I I went down there as a work experience kid back in o five, I think o four o five. And yeah, just worked my way up. Just was just the hardworking, work experience kid that did all the shifts and the New Year's Eves and, and yeah, got to the top. Wow. And now you're in Dubai and um, trying to work out what to do next. What, what is the future hold for you? You must be like, oh, what do I do now? You know, the, the radio thing's not, uh, not happening for me at the moment. What's, what's, what's on the radar? Well, I've, I've, I have, I cannot say anything, but I have had a few offers from some people Ooh. in uh, yet neighbouring areas outside Zabai, Mm -hmm. so I can't say too much about that. Uh, But I did spend some time working, I think it was 2008, I went over and was a consultant in Sri Lanka for a media network over there. Oh, yeah, yep. uh, The Civil War was still on then, and I I remember that, and this is what sort of sparked my interest to both come over here and stay over here, uh, was the idea. I remember I was having to give consultancy for a station in Sri Lanka, and they only spoke Sinhalese. Uh, one of the local languages and so they said in the meeting what do you think of the station and all i could think of was this is such a a beautiful country the people are are beach party people and all they do is laugh and no one's laughing on the radio why don't you laugh and they just say oh no no no, it's radio you're not allowed to laugh on the radio and i was like yes you are the audience is laughing they want to hear you laugh so it's it's exchanges like that that make you really aspire to do to do radio in different areas and and understand the importance and try to educate people on the importance of media um, in different countries and how and how well it can be used because uh, during that that sort of stage five lockdown we had March April uh, we were considered essential workers not because we were doctors but I think the government understood the need to have a strong media to educate people on what was going on with lockdowns, how to wear your mask, where you can wear your mask. And when you're at the forefront of that in those sort of times, you understand the power of the media and, and you understand why you, why you got into it in the first place, other than giving away three packs of CDs and cans of Coke. Yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like you had such a, a huge learning experience in such a short time. What's, what's probably one of the biggest things you've taken away from your uh, experience being overseas? No, I think just gratitude, understanding that... Uh, and having a bit more patience and I think that there was you know there were times I was frustrated because that installed like RCS Zeta and it's the best automation system but it wasn't quite set up properly on the desk and so I was there thinking oh this will be really easy why can't we just have these faders work and this just like you would in Australia can I just have my own settings and I think that you you have to do your due diligence and be a bit more okay let's let's be a bit more cautious here because someone along the way may not have wanted that system and therefore didn't, and then just to understand uh, that uh, the politics of it all so I think the lesson is how almost egalitarian we are in Australia and how we still have that fair go principle and it's 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 taking away those lessons of uh, just having a lot more patience and understanding that things don't don't work as quickly as they do back home. But that's a, wow, that's a personal right. thing on radio stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, one of the great afternoons was uh, Robbie Williams came out and we were the presenting station. So we spoke to him on air. And this was in January. And then we got to spend an afternoon at his private villa on the Palm. The Palm is the oh, man-made what? island. Yeah. The that's Palm is the man-made island. And we had to go and, and interview him before his show. And we just 
got there and his manager was there. And he, he, ironically, this is late January, early February, and he was sick as a dog. Now, looking back on it, we're thinking, was it? Did he have the Rona? What happened? But he came out and he was wearing like these Gucci uh, leopard print fur slippers. And (laughs) he had the robe on, you know, with no shirt. And he had the dark sunnies on. He's covered in the tats. And we just, he had this private villa with its own private beach onto the Gulf. Yeah, and we just spent an hour there, no, an, an afternoon, hanging out with his kids, chatting away. And he was so interested in us. Like, oh, so Kitch, wh- like, where have you worked in Australia? What stations have you worked? Do you know Kyle and Jackie? Yo? Oh, he was, he was going into the whole thing. So, yeah, we had a great time doing, I mean, I got to, you know, present him, introduce him in front of the, uh, the live audience. All those live broadcasts we do, nothing small. Like, we've got to do a live broadcast at um, the Lionel Richie concert that came up. You know, you'll have the big stage and then the radio station's OB next door is almost as big wow. as the stage with our big yeah. massive heads on it so everything's big in dubai so yeah interviewing kylie a couple of times and and just just having some fun a couple of great promotions we did i remember we did one and the client loved it here in the uae they love shopping centers so if aussies might go to the pub after work uh, emiratis go to the shopping center and i think that's got as much about you like to go somewhere where it's air-conditioned and, yeah. and it's big and they've got these great malls with all these clothes. So they came up with an idea. This client said, uh, we want you to promote these five or six different shopping centres, uh, shopping malls. What can you do? And I came up with a concept where we rejig Where's Wally, but we call it Where's Morley. And I had to be dressed oh, up as yeah. Where's Wally in each, <laughs> the, right, in each of the different shopping centres. And they take a photo of me, you know, from one end of the shopping centre on the escalator down the end. And we rejigged the music and we did a different theme. And it was just a social media campaign of guess where's Morley today? Which mall is he in? And, and it went off. The client absolutely loved it. And, 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 and you've got to remember that sometimes those things – yeah, it, when you're speaking to so many people with different languages, you've got to be able to find iconic things that resonate, that transcend language. So, so something like that was pretty cool. Um, one of the big things they do here is they do a 92-kilometre uh, cycle out in the desert. Uh, one of the royal family members loves cycling, so just in the desert built one of the world's greatest ever street cycling tracks, which is incredible. Wow. And yep. they, they do a big uh, event each year called the, uh, the Spinney's Dubai 92 Cycle Challenge. So I said, well, we've got to train for it, so why don't we do the whole show on an exercise bike? So we kitted up in our like Tour de France Lycra with our sunnies and everything, and we did <laughs> the whole four-hour show on exercise bikes, all timed up with monitors and screens and heart rate things. So we were the windows were fogging up in the studio. It was unbelievable. But the problem was how funny this is. So radio was that we did this great like that this 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 great topical thing. It looked great on social. People are ringing in. People are doing what as a program you want them to do they're listening in the car but then when they get into work they're logging online to hear the continuation of of what's happening and how you're going and how many k's is everyone doing and is george beating kitsch and is george beating roger our producer and we did it and it was great and you, and you know it's good when sales have managed to come over to programming and look inside the studio and check it out and then you get the email at like an hour o'clock uh, at 11 o'clock saying um IT and engineering were upset that no one told them you were putting bikes in the studio. And you're like, isn't that just a radio 
a radio way way of, of the way things happen where yeah. somewhere along the line someone hasn't ticked a box so it doesn't matter where you go See, in the world it's all the same my god it's uh, it's it's good to have a, an Aussie expat talking all things uh, radio I've obviously heard your story um, back in Australia and now you're, you're in in Dubai did I get that right yeah most people say Chubai even Robbie Williams on Chubai would say hello Chubai and everyone's like it's Dubai <laughs> mate it's Dubai but yeah to anyone who's, to anyone who's maybe going through that process of you know your wages are cut or you've been made redundant australians do radio so well we take it for granted overseas the work people do in australian radio is so highly regarded and don't beat yourself up too much because there are opportunities out there for a lot of great radio people yeah, and thanks again for uh, joining us lachlan my pleasure bevo good to catch up the Radio Fanboy Podcast, hosted by Bevo and produced by Matt Fulton Productions. Dan Hill speaking.